Hey everyone, here is Danny Abudai with another episode of Fire Ecom Show and today I'm here with uh, Juan Chavez from Medellin or Medellin from Colombia. I'm really happy to have him here. He has several businesses and today we will uh, discuss his uh, automotive company selling mostly in North America. It's an Inc. 5000 company and it's been an Inc. 5000 company for four years in a row, which is amazing. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. How are you? I'm good, Daniel. Thank you, thank you. How are you? How's everything? Yeah, all good. Busy Friday, busy Friday here. Before we start talking about business, please tell us more about your story. Was it your first business when you start out or did you have multiple businesses before? No, so JMC was actually my second business that I started. My first business that I started was in 2009, which was a, basically a, like a call center selling financial pro- like you know, sell, selling products in the financial industry. We started that in about a year and a half into that business, basically that fit business fit. So being that I was a 26, maybe 27 year old kid, that like I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have enough experience running business. I didn't have enough background. So like, you know, didn't do a good job there. As that business was kind of going down, the opportunity arose where I can, where I was able to open up JMC Equipment. Now, JMC Equipment is uh, basically my father started that company and it's uh, we're distributors for automotive equipment, right? So everything that you find in repair shops, we talk about the two post lifts, four post lifts, tire changes, wheel balances, all we, we, we sell that, we carry that type of equipment, right? So my father at the time in 2010 now, 2011, he was selling this type of equipment to automotive repair shops in New York, right? But he was doing the door-to-door. So what I told him, basically my idea was to create a website or an e-commerce site where instead of us going to the clients, the client can come to us. So that's what we did. And basically, literally 12 years later, <laughs> we're, still, we're still here. We're still alive. So. And uh, back then, did you sell in Colombia or North America? No, 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 no. Everything is all in the United States. We just manage the business from here. So we, all, we have a call center here in Medellin, Colombia, where I'm at right now, where our sales team is at. So we have English, Spanish-speaking sales team, English, Spanish-speaking customer service, our marketing team, our accounting team. So everything is here. But we distribute everything in the United States. How many people do you have in the call center, in the support team? Around 25 right now. Yeah, and I know beside that, actually, you have other businesses or you are just starting out with other things as well. And what are those new ventures? So we also have, uh, well, I moved here. I was, I've was i been living here in Medellin on and off for about 12 years already, right? Since, oh, excuse me, 13 years, since 2009. So um, back when I first got here, a lot of people came to visit me in Medellin and I would show them around, right? You know, like kind of like just friends and stuff like that. So little by little, kind of my name started getting to know in the United States or in New York through my friends as I am the Medellin guy, you know. So more people started getting in contact with me so I could be the tour guide or so I could show them around. And I was like, hey, there's, maybe there's a business behind this, right? 
So um, at the time, I was already kind of like, you know, starting JMC equipment. So I didn't want to do two businesses at the same time because I thought that was going to be much, right? I did create a website for the tourism company. It's called Medellin VIP. Or at the time, we called it Medellin VIP. Now it's evolved to something else. So it's a tourism company. Basically, we handle packages for foreigners like to Medellin. We do uh, housing, transportation, all types of tours, concierge services, pretty much anything and everything that you may need while you're here. We were handling. And now we're actually getting into real estate as well because a lot of our clients that come to Medellin want to, well, first of all, they fall in love with Medellin, right? So uh, they're like, hey, how do we invest in Colombia? My first thought was real estate because I do have a background in real estate. I'm, I'm, I used to be a real estate in, a real estate agent in Wall Street back in 2000, from 2005 to 2008, I believe. So now we're, we're expanding into that, that sector where we're offering clients apartments, housing, even land, so they can either build, have their own apartment, you know, and we'll manage it. We'll manage the apartment on Airbnbs, kind of like as property managers. So it's of the business, luckily, you know, because through a lot of hard work has been evolving from just a tourism company to more like an investment company, real estate company, and now like property managers. I can see this evolution with so many entrepreneurs that uh, maybe they have an e-commerce company, they have an agency, they have service company, and then many of them, they get into real estate and investing. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, for, for me, it was kind of like a no-brainer, right? Because it was people, our own clients that came to Medellin were like, wow, we want to live here. So yeah. uh, when they realized that they couldn't really do full-time living here, they're like, okay let me buy an apartment so we we helped them buy the apartment and then afterwards we helped them rent it through airbnb so it was kind of like a no-brainer evolution mm -hmm. where the company would go right and now people from different clients of our company from Medellin VIP are also coming to us and saying hey how do we build in Medellin right so now we're like okay let's that's a different sector but hey let's start looking into that right maybe build a 10-story building where we can airbnb it or even a hotel or whatever it may be so it's yeah. interesting it's interesting how where the evolution of the company is going to right and, and i'm lucky enough to be a part of it yeah happy to hear it so i guess with three companies you have your operations in place at least with your with the e-commerce company so this is how you can start focusing in on the others correct i have a really good team behind me that's the, the, the first thing right so obviously for the e-commerce side of things for jnc equipment we have experienced salespeople, we have experienced customer service reps we have managers in place so like you know they can't they, they handle a lot of the day-to-day -day operations as far as another gbip we also have the same thing it's a smaller team but we also have experienced people so like it's definitely good it's definitely a, like a, a good solid team that, yeah. that has been built and do you have a minimum years of experience as expectation or necessarily a lot of the leadership team has been with me for three or four more years you know so they already have experience working in jmc equipment or managing vip and then from there basically once they get their they, their experience up when it comes to sales or whatever it may be like we move them up to different leadership positions yeah so you are also a person who likes growing the leadership team in-house not hiring managers from different companies but yeah. starting the company with certain people and they grow they perform well of course but they grow and they become the leaders a few years later yeah i like to basically move move people up in-house yeah i'm also a huge fan of that also you just speak the same language after so many years so mm -hmm. much easier Correct. when you started this uh automobile company so back then how did you drive traffic for the first time because you said you had to knock on the door back then but then you decided to build a website and attract these people so i guess the beginning wasn't that easy the beginning it was mostly like seo search engine optimization you know we did mm -hmm. i did a lot of search engine optimization and at the time it was like a black hat seo stuff that i'm not sure if you're familiar with so like because we were doing black hat you know at that time it wasn't frowned upon by google and then uh once google started changing its algorithms 
poor SEO, like, you know, uh, I think it was a penguin or the panda one that... that yeah, that penguin, penguin, I think. Penguin. Yeah, like that actually, that actually set us back and took us all the way back to like the, to like the 100th page. We were ranking almost like on the first page. But so our first clients, our first visitors came from, from SEO, from our SEO. And then afterwards, we started doing more like paid advertising, which that actually helped us move the needle a lot, you know? So we started mm -hmm. doing just kind of like paid advertising on Google, like uh, Google shopping and stuff like that. And then uh, I remember at one point or another, we, we opened up a mobile campaign for Google shopping as well. And that actually helped us increase sales a lot. And that was back in 2015, 2016, I believe, which mm -hmm. like, you know, by doing these mobile campaigns, it helped us like kind of like almost double the amount of sales we had. So people, uh, they look for your products on mobile even more yeah. than- I mean, now, nowadays, I think uh, yeah. the, the cell phone is everything. Right? Everybody yeah. basically looks for everything on their cell phone, you know. So I would say at least fifty percent of people look for everything on their cell phone. The thing with JMC equipment is that it, they're large products, right? So they're not small ticket items, right? Our our average order value is around eighteen hundred dollars, nineteen hundred dollars per order. So you're looking at big equipment, you know, four or five thousand, even up to ten thousand dollars. So for the bigger equipment, I would say they still look for it as a cell phone, but they also look for that, you know, in computers and desktops. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, what's your AOV? But it's almost two two K, almost two thousand yeah. dollars, and people they still use their mobile so paid ads you mentioned google i don't know do you use facebook instagram native ads have you tried anything you know social media i actually yeah. i could see youtube and you post blog posts as well you are not the only auto company or car company where i can see youtube working really well i know a u.s based brand and they have this uh, shiny armor i think that's their name mm -hmm. and uh, they use influencers on youtube and not on their own youtube channels but on the influencers channels and they you know, run promotions in the description of the videos. People can subscribe and emails, they have like 80% open rates. So crazy Ooh, wow. conversion. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we do mostly B2B, right? So I think like YouTube and stuff like that are mostly for B2C. I have tried it out. So, uh, you know, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, YouTube, but I definitely yeah. see more traction coming from Google Shopping. So Google Shopping okay. and SEO is definitely like, you know, where most of our clients come from. Who are these buyers exactly? I, I haven't asked yet. So our buyers are uh, automotive repair shop owners and auto okay. body shop owners. So basically the decision makers of these businesses, you know, they look for the equipment and they buy it. They buy it for their businesses. Yeah. So B2B, not regular car owners. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, yeah, because it's like we're selling big equipment, right? So it's it's mostly yeah. for, the, uh, for these guys. Now, not, not to mentioned like you know the, the car enthusiast market also buys from us but it's like you know one-time sale or you know maybe two sales but like you know it's it's these automotive repair shops that that constantly purchase from us all the time i'm really curious what is the role of email marketing and sms marketing in your company is it something very relevant or yeah or email email for sure sms we haven't i haven't tried that much but email uh yeah we've been doing a lot of email so we do abandoned card emails, but also, I mean, we do campaigns every week. We do a uh, post sale campaign. So basically somebody buys a big item, you know, a couple months later, we're, we're, we're hitting them with an email buying, you know, letting them know about what accessory will go with the particular product that they bought. I mean, we have a couple of flows also in place as well. I remember uh, once I talked to a um, B2B company and they saw the 3D printers in Canada. And their AOV was like three, four, five thousand dollars, and emails generated like fifty percent of their revenue. They also called many of those leads. Like if they abandoned the card, they called the person because the mm -hmm. value was just so high. Of course, it it was worth the time to call them. So. Yeah, then we do the same thing. We email them, and of course, we call them up. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this price point, that's super important. So you are also, uh, you've been uh, Inc. Uh, Inc. 5000 for uh, five years. 
So we, we've been we've been uh, for four years already. This would be the fifth year. We already applied to become an A5000 for 2022. Okay. So uh, hopefully we get it. I'm pretty sure we'll get it though. So it'll be the fifth year this year. Yeah. How did you manage to achieve it? So what's the requirement there? The requirements are, I want to say it's based, uh, minimum a million dollars in sales a year. And then your company has to have exponential growth for three years in a row. So mm -hmm. if, uh, depending on what the growth is, you can become an Inc. 5000 business. And that obviously, you know, depending on your growth, you'll rank at a certain point. Yeah, congrats on that achievement. And Thank you. I wish you the fifth trophy as well or, or <laughs> award as well. Yeah, maybe I just have a few more questions here. Like what would be your number one advice for uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs who are young, starting out. You also mentioned your first business failed. I'm mm -hmm. sure you learned a lot from that. So how about those people who are in the same shoes and what would you um, tell them? Find a good product to sell, right? Like if you, if you want to find, if you want to start an e-commerce uh, business, basically find a good product to sell where you're not, you know, you don't have the inventory in your house or in your, in your warehouse, but you could do drop shipping, right? Drop shipping is, is, is very good because now, like, for example, e, like we still do drop shipping, but if mm -hmm. there's a certain product that we see that's more, that's selling a lot, we'll buy it. You know, why? Because we'll get a bigger discount if we buy in bulk rather than just drop ship, right? So anybody that's starting out, definitely find a good product and find a, uh, an industry where drop shipping is available. Once you do that, you start pushing these products. I wouldn't even say buy products until maybe you until you you start making a good amount of money, right? And then if you see that, hey, if you buy in bulk, let's say five thousand or ten thousand dollars worth of this equipment or the other product, will get you a certain like a bigger discount, then go for it. But if not, just stay in dropshipping, right? And try everywhere where you can market, right? Whether it's Google Shopping, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Obviously, depending on the industry and the product, they may work or they may not work. So obviously, try everything, right? I would say Google Shopping. For, for us has worked tremendously, right? I do know that it, it is expensive compared to maybe uh, Instagram and Facebook, yeah. right? So like depending on the product in the industry, you may want to try out those things. And you know, in the beginning, you're going to fail. But if this is something that you want to do, continue doing it, continue pushing. Dropshipping. And I, I know many dropshippers, you know, I, that's how I started my career a few years ago as well, like dropshipping mm -hmm. friends, all of that. And when it comes to beauty products for $50, $20, I think many people do it, but you sell products for almost $2,000. And I, let's say I want to drop ship products in that price category. How can mm -hmm. I make sure that the product is good? Well, Would you I... have to know your industry. <laughs> you have to know your industry to see if the product is good or not, right? Luckily, my father had, had been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I also sold equipment door yeah. to door back what, in 2005, before I started doing the real estate. So I knew about the equipment. And once I got into it, I, I knew what products were good or not, right? And I, obviously, I had my father as a consultant to help me, let me know, hey, this product is good, this product is not good. So you know your industry, know your products, know, know how to sell it, know who the end user is, know what they want. It's always great to know who your clients are. That way you can communicate better with them, whether it's through email, SMS, uh, even social media, right? Because if, if yeah. you're selling beauty products, for example, you're not going to talk to uh, somebody that's buying a beauty product as if you're, you're selling car lifts, you know, so one of our products. The communication or the conversation has to be completely different. So you have to know who your clients are so you can communicate better with them and obviously know what their needs are so once you know what their needs are then it's easier to sell the product i think product knowledge is huge as well audience and product knowledge i have one more question to you it's not an easy question so what was the hardest thing for you to learn in the past let's say 10 years it's nothing nothing related to business It's basically just kind of like picking yourself up from failure 
right? Because mm-hmm. I think no matter what you do in life, you're, you're going to mess up and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail, right? And nowadays, I see a lot of people kind of just giving up when they hit their first failure, right? Because I don't think, to me, failure exists once you give up, right? And I think like the resilience that it took for me to, to understand that, right? Because I have made a lot of mistakes and I, well, I have failed, not gave up, but I have been in that position where I was like, like you know what? I think I'm going to, I have to stop this. But the resilience of me just continuing and keep pushing, you know and saying? All right, not take, kind of taking it day by day. That actually what's probably the hardest thing, you know, because every other skill is a skill that you could probably just learn, you know, if you put in the work and if you put in the hours, but actual experience of like, you know, the experience that you go through when you make a mistake and you lose money or whatever maybe or or you're thinking about quitting is not something easy to understand right and those lessons that i gone through kind of helped me out for different things that i do today not just in the business but in different things because it tells me okay like i'm going through that that same thing that i went through four years ago for example right when i failed back then obviously i wasn't as resilient mentally as i am now so now for example i go through those things i'm like oh yes okay i remember going through this thing i remember what i felt i remember what i did I'm going through it again and that's fine. Let me continue pushing. Let me continue basically fighting. Let me continue working and, and then I'll get out of this hole one way or another. So the biggest lesson, not giving up when failure is, is knocking at your door. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, you know closing words. And I really like that you mentioned that skills can be learned because a few years ago, I also thought that skills are the most important because it's so hard to learn them. But actually mm-hmm. not that hard. You just put in the effort. Yep. You don't even have to be smart. We learn it. But resilience is more like an attitude i think and that's that's harder it's experience it comes through uh, yeah. basically like callousing your mind you know just like you know, when you when you do when you lift weights you callous yeah. your hands with them you yeah, know yeah. it's the same thing like now you callous your, your mind to be stronger to be like to continue fighting or to continue pushing through you know no matter what obstacle is in, in front of you do you do any sports regularly yeah i do uh well right now i'm actually doing uh training for a triathlon Okay. So biking, swimming, running, and I, yeah. I, I also do a lot of martial arts. Yeah. How long triathlon, if I can ask? Well, I'm, I'm, I haven't done one yet, but I started training for a triathlon back in January. My first triathlon will be next month on, on July 9th. So the, the triathlon I'm doing next month is going to be the sprint, the small one. Okay. But okay, okay. in December, I'm going to do the half Ironman. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty long. That's like yeah. five hours, I think, five, six. Something like that, five, six hours. Yeah, that's crazy. I did uh, the half marathon last year. It was around two hours, but uh, definitely it's good training for your mind as well. So yep. yeah, I will do it every year from now. I'm doing a half marathon in September also. Yeah, because that, that, it's good training for the half Ironman that I'm doing in December. Yeah, so good luck on that as well. And uh, thanks for coming here today. Thanks everyone who listen to us if you like this interview every week we come out with a similar interview and uh, subscribe to our channel on youtube or uh, follow us on the podcast platforms and thanks again everyone stay tuned thank you daniel